Well, let's make it back-to-back days. A Thursday edition of Big Sky Sports Talk. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is you decide to make Big Sky Sports Talk a part of your day, my family and I greatly appreciate it. You have uh, found the only podcast in the world completely devoted to the full coverage of the four major franchises of one major market, and that's uh, Phoenix, Arizona. We do things a little bit differently. We do things from Big Sky Country, Billings, Montana. We cover ASU football and ASU basketball to go along with it, and all presented by the unofficial presenting sponsor of Muya Billings. And I just realized at the top of that, you guys are probably shaking your head, as am I. Not back-to-back days. Uh, two days in a week. How about that? Um, Tuesday, didn't do one yesterday um, because of uh, Suns game. Um, I've done shows before, games before, but um, not, not yesterday. And then... Um, and it wouldn't have been much anyway. I've already looked at what content I would have used. Uh, and then today. So, <laughs> not back-to-back days, but twice in a week. So, um, not a record, but uh, a record of late, I guess you can say. Um, heavy on the suns today. Heavy on the suns, um, as it has been lately. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat. Still doing it, but the grunt of it uh, done off of the uh, off of the air. Um, a segment that I haven't done in a while. But by the way, first off, I just want to make sure you guys are doing all right. Hope you I hope you are anyway. Um, and uh, everything's going all right. Thursday is an off day for me, so I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, had some breakfast and getting the show put together. Um, other than that, uh, two, th- a couple things th- that I'm going to share right now in this moment. Uh, one of them is, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to, um, have, uh, a time today with, uh, with my sister. So that's going to be cool a little bit later on. It's been a while since I've, uh, hung out with her. Um, and then second thing, it, what I was getting ready to lead into is that it's been a while since I've done this and I was trying to do it all the time, but you know, I don't, I, maybe we just live in a world where we don't see a lot of good things. Um, but I've mentioned this before, um, the best thing I've seen and it could be sports, could not be sports or whatever, but early, early this morning when I just could not sleep very well. I um I had a I stumbled on some videos and um over the last couple of months became a pretty big Big Bang Theory fan the show and um uh one of the things that I came across I'm I'm going to share um I, but I've been holding on to this one for a while and that is the, the best thing one of the best other things so I'm I'm sharing two of them since it's been a little while is working at Walmart I do see a lot of families and wandering around and doing things and and as I'm shopping for customers uh one of the cool, cutest things I guess I see whether it's an older brother or an older sister if they have a sibling that's also you know 
what you know a couple years younger maybe maybe the older brother slash sister is you know seven eight years old um and the other one is like you know i don't know five six talking and walking and doing all the things that um you notice it's almost like the older brother kind of becomes the parent in a way in, in a very very small cute minor way and that is it's like all their life throughout the store, going to the store with mom and dad. You know, is mom and dad, hey, you know, watch where you're going, pay attention, keep up, all that jazz. And then, you know, you, you have a little brother or sister. And I notice this all the time that little brother and sister are now saying, hey, come on, keep up. And I saw it a couple weeks ago and I kept on forgetting to share, but... I can't remember their names. I, I, you know, I don't. I try not to ear hustle any, but sometimes you just hear. And kids, they they speak a lot louder than than adults throughout public places usually. But the um, what was it little sister and sister? I think I want to say, um, and not the show, uh, sister sister. Um, but no, it was a older sister and a little sister, and they're walking. The older was. Uh, a little bit closer to the parents, the younger was kind of falling behind, and uh, they said, said their name and said, "Come on!" And the younger sister said, "Sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention." <laughs> and I mean, yes, that's the point of it. So that that's kind of a really cool thing that I see, you know, almost on a day to day basis. I'm meant to share, but the other thing involving um, Big Bang Theory is. I am a sucker, absolute sucker for like love stories. Um, kind of always have been. The other thing I'm a sucker for is you know forgiveness and redemption stories. Um, and obviously a couple, um, quite a few love stories in in both Big Bang Theory and and, and in Friends. But one of them is obviously, um kind of a sweet one in its own way and that is uh um Howard and Bernadette and probably this one of the sweetest moments in the whole show uh but definitely the sweetest moment between Howard and Bernadette is Howard's song to Bernadette and I'm going to lead into and this is courtesy of Warner Brothers uh tv youtube page and we've probably you know if you're you've seen the show you already know where I'm going but here is his song by Bernadette is um, in a, uh, a hospital room for precautionary reasons. Oh my God, Bernie, what happened? Well, let's just say the next time you move a dozen vials of raccoon virus to the fridge, make two trips. <laughs> You sure you're okay? Yeah, it's just a precaution. If there was a problem, I'd be throwing up out of my eyeballs by now. <laughs> Sorry, I messed up our date. Oh, don't worry about it. I brought the date here. <laughs> Guys, come on in. What's all this? Well, tonight is the anniversary of our first date, and I wanted to celebrate it by writing a song for you. Please? Sheldon, get over here. She might be contagious. <laughs> Don't you think I'm having a rough enough day?
didn't have you, life would be blue. I'd be Doctor Who without the TARDIS. Is it me or does she not look so good? <laughs> a candle without a wick, a Watson without a crick. I'd be one of my outfits without a dickie. I'd be cheese without the Mac, jobs without the Wozniak. I'd be solving exponential equations that use basis not found on your calculator, making it much harder to crack. <laughs> An atom without a bomb, a dot without the com, and I'd probably still live with my mom. And he'd probably still live with his mom. Ever since I met you, you turned my world around. You supported all my dreams and all my hopes. You're like uranium-235, and I'm uranium-238. Almost inseparable isotopes. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would get I'm Bernadette If I didn't have you Life would be dreary I'd be string theory without any string I'd be binary code without a one A cathode ray tube without an electron gun I'd be Firefly buffing Avengers without Joss Whedon I'd speak a lot more Klingon Kalucknecht Cockjodge Vaughn he definitely still live with his mom. Ever since I met you, you turned my world around. You're my best friend and my lover. We're like changing electric and magnetic fields. You can't have one without the other. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would get from the moment that I met you, Bernadette. Oh, we, we couldn't have imagined how good our lives would get from the moment that we met you, Bernadette. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Look, I'm shaking. She's sick, I knew it. Bye. <laughs>
you'll you'll notice and i thought i thought it was also very very cool and uh, very cute Bazinga. <laughs> if I didn't have you, life would be blue. I'd be Doctor Who without the TARDIS. I'd be a candle without a wick, Watson without a crick. I'd be one of my outfits without a picky. I'd be cheese without the mac, jobs without the wazzy. I'd be solving exponential equations with faces not found in your calculator, making it much harder to crack. I'd be an atom without a bomb, dot without the com, and I'd probably still live with my mom. <laughs> Ever since I met you, you've turned my world around. You've supported all my dreams and all my hopes. You're like uranium-235 and I'm uranium-238, almost inseparable. Isotopes. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would be from the moment that I met you, Ashley. If I didn't have you, life would be dreary. I'd be string theory without any string. I'd be binary code without a one, a cat that two without an electron gun. I'd be Firefly Buffy and Avengers without Joss Whedon. I'd speak a lot more Klingon, call up mit Kachjarvan. And I'd definitely still live with my mom. Ever since I met you, you've turned my world around. You've been my best friend, you've been my lover. We're like changing electric and magnetic fields. You can't have one without the other. I couldn't have imagined how good my life would be from the moment that I met you, Ashley. Oh, I couldn't have imagined how good my life One more thing. You're in my spot. <laughs> Clearly, uh, Big Bang Theory fans, and um, what you don't see um, is uh, we're just going to call him Josh because, well, that's apparently what his name is. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Uh, um, <laughs> it's so dumb. But. Um, <laughs> i've lost it now uh but um <laughs> um doug franz does that a lot in his podcast uh you know uh when he's talking about someone he knows or whatever he'll be like uh um there was this man and we'll, you know we'll call him josh because well that's his name <laughs> Instead of giving a false name, he just says what his name is. It's always so funny. But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> um, what's kind of cool is what what Josh does is is you know one he has pretty solid voice, plays well, um, and, you know nails the the lyrics. The, I mean, 
I've I'm not very good with singing at all or whether it no matter what it is and definitely not something with what I would consider complicated lyrics you know speaking Klingon even uh you know playing Howard doing it over and over again I, I don't know if I could even do it but you know he, he talks really fast or slash sings really fast in a couple of lines and I think he absolutely nails it. And then obviously the difference of, uh, you know, changing the name, uh, how good my life would get Bernadette to how good my life would be. Ashley was, was solid. And, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So that, that kind of goes down as one of the best things that I saw, uh, today granted early, early this morning today, but it, it is one of those things. And, uh, um, you heard the sniffles and, you know, she, she was laughing at, uh, or crying from laughter as well as, um, being touched by what, uh, what Josh did. So I thought that was really, really cool. And, you know, I don't know if you guys did enjoy that or not, but anyway, uh, so that kind of leads us into, um, what we're doing today, obviously, um, Warner Brothers TV YouTube gives us the um, Big Bang Theory, and then uh, uh, Josh and I can't Josh Ryan gives us uh, his YouTube page gave us that, and of course they didn't give it to us. But whenever you you know do stuff like this, give sound credits, you gotta get tell people where you got it from. So um, uh, you can try to find those if you want to look at them yourself. Uh, other sound credits today, we have um, kind of a mix. We have Arizona Sports YouTube page um, gives us a topic on um, a Suns topic on uh, Grayson Allen. Um, reaction from yesterday, uh, Dan and Vince uh, talk about uh, the Suns game. Also, Arizona Sports uh, House of Highlights gives us a uh, uh, the tribute video and post game interview. Uh, from last night from Kevin Durant. Uh, Dwayne Rankin, uh, Twitter, uh, gives us uh, Frank Vogel, uh, Kevin Durant, and uh, a couple others from inside the locker room. So Dwayne Rankin's uh, Twitter gives us that. And then Bleacher Report uh, gives us a video uh, that I'm going to use. Devin Booker kind of hitting a, uh, a clutch dagger three. And... Um, the celebration for Suns fans is very reminiscent, which I'll walk us through uh, a little bit uh, uh, later. Um, other than that, I think that's about it. Uh, like I said, all Suns today, and hopefully it shouldn't be super, super long, but, you know, I'm going to give you everything I got, and uh, there it is. So we'll go ahead and get into Suns up next on Big Sky Sports Talk. Muya Burgers, Fries, Shakes, and Billings is the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. There are several Muya locations throughout the United States and a couple of locations internationally. Let's start out with the food. The burgers are fantastic. They have burgers for every lifestyle, vegan, keto, low-calorie, as well as gluten-free. My personal favorite is the Cheddar Bacon Barbecue Burger. Their fries are always fresh, and don't forget about the Muya sauce. You can get a shake to go along with it. Though the food is good, 
I always leave satisfied, but their customer service is at the top. Rico, he's the general manager of Muya Billings. He and his staff are top-notch. They are located at 2695 King Avenue West in Billings, Montana. So go see my guy Rico. He'll hook you up and tell him I sent you. Muya Billings, the unofficial presenting sponsor of Big Sky Sports Talk. Well, yesterday uh, was uh, a good day for the Suns and in ending the month of January. Happy February, by the way. Uh, we're already in February, which is crazy, although uh, some people might feel like that January lasted forever. And I think what it is is you have and the only two months that, that do do this uh, that off the top of my head were back-to-back 31-day um, months in December and January. So it feels so long, and then for some places it starts to get pretty cold, and the, you know, the, the days, you know, um, seem uh same long even though you got the you know sun still going down at a relatively early um and and all that so just so many different things that that factor in maybe why january feels so long i I don't know but uh we are indeed in february and so the sun's end uh, February on a two-game winning streak going into or in February in, in January going in uh, into January on a two or into February on a two-game winning streak ending. Um, let me start over. Ending January on a two-game winning streak going into February. There we go. Uh, one thirty-six to one twenty over the Nets in. A return uh, from Kevin Durant uh, to to Brooklyn. Brooklyn uh, handed the Suns their, their a loss earlier in the season, and Suns got revenge um, by uh, winning by sixteen um, and uh, played a pretty solid game and and um, uh, still lost. Believe it or not, the fourth quarter. Uh, but had a monster fourth. Um, and they they lost the fourth quarter by like three points. But um, it was tied at the end of one. Um, it had a three point lead at the half. Thirty. They won the second quarter, thirty four to uh thirty one, forty two to twenty six in the in in the third quarter, and then lost the fourth, thirty to thirty three. Um, one, one thirty six to one twenty. the, the, uh, final, um, Kevin Durant, 33 points, 10 of 16 from the field, 11 of uh, 12 at the line. Cam Thomas, uh, Thomas, Thomas led his team 25 points, 11, 19 from the field. Perfect to the line In rebounding Yusuf Nurkic, 11 rebounds, six defensive, five offensive, um, uh, Nick Claxton, nine rebounds, eight defensive, one offensive, and uh, assists led by Kevin Durant, eight assists, three turnovers, 38 minutes. Lonnie Walker uh, had seven assists, two turnovers, and 31 minutes. Um, starters were Kevin Durant, Nurkic, Eric Gordon in there for Grayson Allen and Bradley Beal uh, with uh, Devin Booker in the uh, in the backcourt. 
Um, but uh, 38 minutes, 10 to 16 from the field, two of six from deep, five rebounds, eight assists, and 33 points. Uh, from uh, Durant, Nurkic, 30 minutes, 11 of 15 from the field, uh, 11 rebounds, six assists, 28 points. Eric Gordon, 32 minutes, uh, six of 10 from the field, five of nine from deep, two rebounds, four set four assists, 17 points. Bradley Beal, 37 minutes, three of eight from the field, one of three from deep, four rebounds, five assists, 12 points. Kind of a low productive numbers uh, for Bradley Beal, kind of really settling into to more of the point guard role and getting his teammates involved. So um, knowing that, you, you're kind of fine with it. Uh, Devin Booker, 36 minutes, 9 of 17 from the field, 4 of 6 uh, from deep, 3 rebounds, 8 assists, and 22 points. All five starters uh, in double figures scoring. The sixth player in double figure was Josh Okogie at 26 minutes, 4 of 6 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, and his 11 points. Um, Drew Eubanks had 6, uh, KBD had 5, and... Uh, uh, Jordan Goodwin had uh, two in his one uh, minute of play. Brooklyn Nets, uh, Cam Johnson, 29 minutes, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 7 from deep, two rebounds, one assist, and 18 points. Mikel Bridges has become the primary scorer for Brooklyn. Um, 40 minutes, 7 of 16 from the field, 6 of 12 uh, from deep, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 21 points. He did not lead his team, but he is definitely the primary scorer, and you can see that the way they ran the ball through him a lot. Nick Claxton, 30 minutes, 6 of 12 from the field, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, um, 12 points. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, 30 minutes, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 16 points. And Cam Tonimus led the way with 33 minutes, 11 of 19 from the field, 1 of 4 from deep, 2 rebounds, 4 assists, and 25 points. Uh, they also, the Nets, had 6 uh, players in double figures. Lonnie Walker had 31 minutes, 7 of 16 from the field, 3 of 8 from deep, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, and 19 points. Um, And uh, the Brooklyn Bitch bench outscored the Suns bench um team sets uh Suns were 49 of 79 62 percent from the field uh they shot it very well 14 of 28 50 percent from downtown almost as uh much as uh from their field percentage 24 of 32 75 percent um, from the uh, free throw line, nice round numbers from the Suns. Uh, Brooklyn, 47 of 94, 50% from the field. Um, 16 to 39, 41% uh, from deep, and 10 of 13, 76.9%. Suns shot 50% from deep, while the Brooklyn Nets shot 50% from the field, and that is tough to deal with. Uh, Suns app. Ab- out rebounded uh, the Nets forty-two to uh, twenty-seven with nine offensive boards, thirty-three defensive boards. The Nets had eight and nineteen uh, more assists for the Suns as well, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Um, Brooklyn defensively uh, in the steals category done done better with eleven to five, but Suns had six to one in blocks. Um, 
16 turnovers, only gave up 12 points, not too bad. Still got to get the number down. 11 turnovers for Brooklyn, giving up 17 points. But in that comparison, you'll take that every time. Fast break points go the uh, Brooklyn's way, 20 to 19 points in the paint for the Suns, 56 to 50. And fouls, very disciplined team as were the Suns. Only had 12 fouls. They had a technical. Um, Brooklyn had 24 fouls. They also had a technical largest lead for uh, the Nets was six. And uh, for the Suns was 21. Obviously, the uh, the big talk uh, was much to, you know, I wouldn't say the chagrin of, of Kevin Durant, but leading into it was uh, Kevin coming back to Brooklyn and uh, even said he did not want a, uh, a tribute video. Well, he got one anyway, and the fanfare was was pretty good, um, as you will hear in, 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 the, in the video. Nothing like playing in Brooklyn. They show love. They appreciate basketball, great basketball. Best player on the planet, best scorer to ever touch a basketball. Kevin Durant, easy money, baby. 51 for Kevin Durant. He reaches the 25,000-point plateau. Deadly, Durant, dynamite. To commemorate Kevin Durant as one of the 75 greatest players in NBA history. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. And forward, 6'10 from Texas, Kevin Durant. Definitely a mix, but I sensed more cheers than booze. How about you? Without a doubt, there was. And there's a lot to be grateful for, a lot of love for what Kevin Durant did do in a Brooklyn Nets uniform and for this organization. KD signed in 2019, appeared in 129 regular season games for the Nets, 16 playoff games at 21-22 season, averaged 29.9 points per game. And Cassidy is with KD. Showing love to a lot of people here that he knows well in Brooklyn, an efficient 33 points. This crowd went from cheers to booze to a, essentially silence. You've had a lot of notable returns in your career, but what did this one feel like tonight? Oh, it was cool, man. It's good to be back here. I love these rounds. I love playing in front of this crowd. You know, Brooklyn's one of my favorite boroughs, and excited we got the win. They beat us. They beat us up at our place last time, so we wanted to come out here and. You know, avenge that loss, and I'm glad we was able to uh, get to over 500 on this road trip. So that was a big concern of ours, and it's a good win. You said you didn't want a tribute video. You at least watch it. Of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had some great moments here. A lot of stuff that flew under the radar, but everybody in this organization and my teammates, we understood what the moment was like. Uh, something I'm always going to remember playing here, and uh, I'm glad we got the W tonight. And a W with six players in double figures, but how big was Yusuf Nurkic down low in this game? Yeah, I mean, they played small, and they wanted to switch out all our actions and slow us down, and we told Nurk that, you know, you can bury these guys in the post and get whatever you want, so take your time, and he got us going there in that first half, and we cruised from there. 
lastly, Katie, you guys improved to 11 and 6 in your Big Three era with the Suns, surpassing the amount of games you played in your Big Three era with the Nets. What, if anything, did you learn from your experience here with the Nets that you hope to carry over, build off of with your Suns teammates? It's a whole new experience. I mean, you know, I, I learned the game more. I found myself more as a basketball player out here, so I could bring that to the team. And, you know, everybody's been through a lot of things when in our locker room in this league, switching teams, you know, injuries, all that stuff. So we're bringing all that together, and we're trying to use that experience and that knowledge to make a better, make us a better team. And you know, so I'm I'm excited about where we're going. Thanks for your time, Katie. Back to you, Ryan. All right, Cass, Durant, and Phoenix winning 136-120, the final in Brooklyn. 33 points, eight assists, five rebounds for Durant. A uh, couple different voices you heard there. Obviously, Kevin Durant. That was uh, Cassidy Hubbard. Um, the uh, um, uh, was it? Oh gosh, uh, arena voice. And I'm not sure what his name is. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, calling uh, Kevin Durant's name in the lineup. And then, of course, you heard. Uh, and I don't know who who his uh, partner is, but Ian Eagle um, calls uh, the um, home. Uh, television broadcasts for um, Brooklyn for the Yes Network, um, and taking over for um, oh gosh, I cannot remember his name, but uh, he is since retired. Uh, I feel like the, the network was named after him. I'm not sure because he, his thing was always Yes, you know, his that was his thing. Um, but anyway. Um, that was Ian Eagle, uh, and then of course uh, Ryan Rucco um, for ESPN. It was a nationally televised game uh, via ABC and ESPN, um, and that's a broadcast I heard. Ian Eagle, um, JJ Redick, and or not Ian Eagle, uh, Ryan Rucco, JJ Redick, and um, Richard Jefferson had the had the call with Cassie Hubbard on uh, on the side. Um, so yeah, I mean he he had a great great return. We'll hear a lot more from Kevin Durant here in a second, but um one of the uh big moments uh you know, Suns fans would would laugh. I don't know if you're Nets, you weren't really laughing too hard. Um a slight smirk uh from one of the opposing players, but uh here here's one of the daggers for um if uh, Eric Gordon's three-point uh, shot that that was just hit prior to wasn't a dagger enough, this one certainly was with uh, about a minute and a half remaining in the game, 131 to 118 at this point. Thomas takes it in, couldn't finish. And you're right, that may be it. Between the Bridges missed three and the Gordon. Suns won't stop, can't stop. Devin Booker, three ball, and he just gave it to Mikel Bridges with a celebration. The Suns, 50% from three-point territory, 14 of 28. They have been lights out. And here's a look, Eric Gordon, shot clock winding down, the pump fake to get Lonnie Walker the fourth up, who does a good job evading him from picking up the foul, but still gets it to go through and then here is Devin Booker the former teammate of Mikel Bridges from the corner 
And yeah, we've seen that Sully before. It's not Devin Booker's doing it at Mikel Bridges. He's got a smile on his face. Mikel, not so much. Booker now with 22 points, eight assists. 33 for Durant, 28 for Nurkic, 134 points allowed by the Brooklyn Nets, who came in 18th in defensive rating. 18th in defensive rating, not too bad, not not great, but not not bad. Um, the 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 top of the bottom, if you will, in defensive rating. Um, and you know that's Booker doing uh, uh, Mikel's uh, three point Sally, which is the um, thumb, um, index finger, or no, um, yeah, thumb, index, slash pointer finger, and the middle finger, uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, making, uh, not really an L, or a sideways L, but, uh, spread out, and I, I think, uh, um, the ring finger comes out a little bit too, and you can't see it, but maybe you can imagine and do it yourself, yeah, have your thumb, your uh, pointer, and middle finger kind of spread out wide, sideways, and kind of pointing, almost kind of like a gun. Uh, and that that was uh, Mikel's Selly um, after he would hit three, and then you know the jostling of the head, um, him and um, and uh, Cam Johnson uh, did it a lot. Um, and book flashed it on him, and it was, of course, um, uh, Mikel Bridges on Booker when when that happened. Um, I I have no particular order. We're just gonna kind of start near the bottom and work our way up to the top uh, of different videos and and quotes and whatnot that uh, Dwayne Rankin uh, has on his Twitter. This is. Um, Frank Vogel, just on Kevin Durant himself, who had 33 points, eight assists, and just kind of talking about, um, you know, uh, how you know how he saw Kevin Durant, you know, and in in uh, last night's game. Let me just speak to what you saw from him in the game where you knew it was going to be way on him a little bit, you know, playing back here. Yeah, I think he didn't let anything about him. He put the team first and uh, went out and competed, played team first basketball and eight assists and several other plays where he made the extra pass and allowed his teammates to play through his double teams and um, you know, played a team first type of game and ended up with 33 and 8, hell of a performance. Curious that you mentioned the pass and that was, had him up high, drew doubles, found Nurkic. Um, how much of that was from just the last time you played them, or how much of it was just the initial game plan going in? Well, they did that some last time. They did a lot of double teaming even before the action began, just as soon as uh, both were KD across half court, uh, just to create some, some chaos. But in particular tonight with, uh, with Simmons out and, uh, and Sharp out, um, you know, they only really had one center uh, to, to throw out there. So we knew they were going to see a lot of small ball lineups. And, you know, we, uh, we have the choice of, of trying to downsize, you know, and, and match them or trying to pose your style of play on them. And, you know, I want to credit our centers, Nurk and, and Drew both. Nurk had a big stat line, obviously, because he really scored the basketball well and had a lot of boards, but Drew did a, a good job as well, you know, um, you know playing through their, their small lineups and, and jump defenses. How much does that maybe give you confidence to stick with Nurkic against small ball? Because that's been a situation where you pulled him or he's gotten in foul trouble and had to come out. Yeah, it's always a read, but, you know, those, those guys know that, it, you know, if, if we're going to uh, stick with those guys, um, you know, against a small ball lineup, 
you know, they got a bunch of the, the double teams. They got to punish them on the boards. They got to, you know, seal and catch and finish inside. And they got to be able to move their feet and play through switching on the other end. And, um, you know, both those guys did, did all of that on both sides of the ball. Um, Nurk wasn't, you know, in foul trouble as much as um, Devin Booker was. Devin Booker had one more foul um, and, and uh, played very well. Uh, down the stretch to avoid that sixth and final foul. I mean, I think at the point um, the Suns were, you know, uh, looking, he probably could have fouled out. You wouldn't want him to, but he he could have and would have been fine. Uh, but Nurk Nurk played well, and um, you got to got to give him credit. Something he's been working on, and and uh, um, big reason how the rebounding he had is why the Suns won for sure. Um, topic of the fourth quarter, uh, you know, they, they lost the fourth quarter technically, but, you know, had, had played much better. And, um, uh, Frank Vogel was asked just that. Was on, on the threes, getting the number of threes up. Uh, how'd you like the looks you got overall? Yeah, great looks. I like that. Eric Gordon's double clutch three in, in, the, in the fourth quarter. That was right. an interesting one. <laughs> right. got up the fall. Um, yeah, what was our, we ended up with, what, 28, 50%? Good numbers. Coach, the last two games, you guys have outscored opponents 80 to 51 in the third quarter. How have you guys been able to get off to such strong starts to start the second half? Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, that's our starting group. You know, we've been really good in the, in the first and, and third um, all, all season. And um, you know, those guys just have a, a knack for getting it going. You know, we really build up a lot of uh, third quarter leads and, um, you know, force people to play pressure and chaotic in the fourth. And we did a good job hanging on the fourth and, uh, you know, scoring the ball. You know, they, they uh, you know, they're going to try to jump the game up as much as they can when they're down big. But we continue to attack the rim, you know, and not just handle their pressure, but attack the pressure. And, you know, the mindset that uh, we want to score 30 in the fourth, at least 30 in the fourth, whether we're up or down, uh, played out tonight. I like how he was asked about the the third quarter, and I, I think a lot of what's been happening is, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, you you want your you, your first quarter, the start of your first quarter, and the start of your third quarter is, you know, your first quarter starting the game, and third quarter is starting the half. You're going to have your starters out there, and they have been a two of the much better quarters for the Suns. I would like to see them move it around a little bit. And I do like where Frank Vogel said, you know, yeah, well, the third quarter is good, but you know, I like what we've done in the, in the uh, fourth quarter. We want to reach our goal of scoring at least 30 points, which they did um, in, in the fourth quarter. And I like how he brought it back to the, the issue that that's been plaguing them. But I, I do wonder if one of the things that could fix that is if they had maybe, you know, um, maybe not their full starters in the third, uh, but uh, may, maybe some more bench guys to kind of give some of the, you know, starters a little bit more rest coming out of uh, half. And then, then, then you can play them more in the fourth if you would like. And I wonder if that would help some of the fourth quarter woes. But, I, you know, they, they played pretty darn good um, last night in the fourth quarter. Uh, here's J.O. in the um, locker. Um, didn't have um, Grayson Allen. Um, 
but uh, uh, Jo he did get a, a lot of um, a lot of looks um, and played pretty well. Got eleven points um, in uh, Grayson's absence and was was kind of asked about it and had had a little joke about Grayson being out. What's working for you right now? So Grayson, you need to stay out a little bit. Just a little bit longer. Just playing out. It's just uh, it's good to you know just catch the rhythm. Uh, you know, play with confidence. Just to play free, and most importantly, just get two dubs on the road, especially. Okay. Lastly, uh, Kevin, tonight you knew it was going to be one of those where crowd, all that involved. How you feel like he? Yeah, I thought he miss him. You know what I'm saying? One of the greats, you know, to play this game. You know, who wouldn't you know miss a play like that in this arena? So for him to still come in back here and uh, put on this play that he put on tonight, I mean. I would, I would boo him too if I, if I was him. <laughs> Is there one shot in particular that you'll remember that he pulled off tonight? Nah, I mean, he's, he, the way he scores, I mean, every performance is a live performance, so it's very impressive. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, J.O. getting uh, into it offensively a little bit more than, than he normally does, which is – is is cool. You, if you want to make a deep finals run, you have to have some of your uh, score. You know, some of your other scorers like Jo that can he can shoot it. Um, he just hasn't been you know super consistent since he not really a whole lot since he's been with the Suns. I think they've mainly been keeping him defensively, which he's fantastic on the defense and rebounding the ball. But if you can get other guys like Jo involved offensively. You will make a deep run um, in the playoffs, and that uh, you know, I know we've got a little while before that, but maybe he can continue to work on some of the things he's been working on, have uh, more offensive output. Um, that would that would really, really, really help. Um, here is Yusuf Nurkic um, and uh, talking about his. Um, his uh his night had double double um with the 11 boards 28 points um and uh played pretty good probably one of the better games that we've seen Nurk play and uh, was asked the reason why game when they went small and uh use, use your size and time smile coach decided to go back to the portland days give me the ball and post I was happy, so my teammates embraced it too. So I was happy to just take advantage, you know. So the, at 29 years old, I still can do that. Right, right. <laughs> your, your connection, we always saw with Kevin early, but how big did it play into tonight? I wanted that for him too, you know, just to free him up and um, be on the same page, you know, get him shots, double him anywhere probably, you know, on the post, on the wing, anywhere he went, double him. He um he he kind of bruised the the nets. Uh, they decided to go small, and and Nurk stayed out there and and played well, and and you know showed him when sometimes when you go small and you have a big guy like Nurk, you're gonna you're gonna lose. Um, here is the first one I have of many of, uh, Kevin Durant, um, uh, 
just asked about his interaction with the fans coming back, and uh, you know he 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 mentions uh, you know a couple of different things that was said that that might have got him going. Silence the road crowd when you're on the road. Like they were into the game early. The fans here to boo you a little bit, and then you know the way you guys were playing, there wasn't much to come to keep them up. Like, is that like you know? Do you feel even better because you know who these people are? Or is it kind of like man, they, they really wanted to be in this game. I hate that I sort of that, that to them out there. I did not. Hate, I love to shut the crowd up. Even though, I, <laughs> even though I love these people here, I love to shut them up. Cause it was some. It was some. It was some annoying people just trying to get my attention. I hate you, KD, but I look over. I love you, man. I <laughs> got my jersey on, you know. So uh, it's good to. It's, it, like I said, it's all. It's all good for the game and the relationship you got with the crowd. And, we got a lot of showmen in this league, and they do it in different ways. And I guess my way is just have a little quick conversation with people in the stands. And it's always fun playing in New York. They appreciate great ball. But you were given the um. <laughs> there were quite a few Suns fans there uh, too. You know, uh, wearing his jersey. Probably not the ones that uh, were saying, "Hey, I love you" or "I hate you." And but you know, they also love him too because they're wearing his jersey. Um, here is another one from Nurk, um, and, uh, just, um, the MVP, uh, conversation brought up to, to Nurk, and here's his response. Lastly, um, what was it like to see him in this environment and, and, and do what he was able to do coming back here? I mean, to me, I'm surprised. You know, I don't know what he needs to be or what we need to be as a team to give him a credit for the whole season so far. You know, MVP conversation, he's not here. Uh, he's not there. The book is not there. Like, you know, sometimes it's just ridiculous to me that those people are not there for defensive player of the year or conversation. Like, all these stats I see, I see him first there. So I don't know what they're talking about. What stats they, you know, watching. But it's just a dead stage you do every every game is just insane the game some you know every night for me when I look at it it's just so easy that it's not even you know it's not even fair but for real. Is that this is for an attack early or is that something you kinda of spotted during the early You know they brought me here to not complain about touches and play the role and whatever it takes to win the game and that's what I basically do some nights when I be like that and I take advantage of we want to feel big three to be big three. They know why they brought me here. So, you know, when I take whatever 15 or 20 shots and building for somebody else, I'm not going to have those shots. So, you know, I think for us to be successful, most of the night they're going to have to have their shots. So, and, and it's the team that we have. But, you know, Tell me if I can't play the way I play. It's not my role. And to like it or not, I gotta take it because I can. I lean on this and try to do the best we can. So like, um, obviously asked it, but you know about. MVP conversation, and he said for the fact that you know book's not in there, and 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 uh, uh, Kevin is not in there is is crazy, and he doesn't know what they're watching, and and. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker they are the uh, first pair of Suns teammates to win um, back-to-back uh, um, players of the week. Durant, uh, la- um, from 
Durant from two weeks ago. Uh, for and then um, book for um, last week's set of games. Uh, both of them win um, players of the week, and that's the first time since two thousand six. But both those guys are not even close to being talked about in MVP conversation. And I can understand if you you want to say Joker or, or Embiid or are your top, but you know where where are. Um, Book and, and Durant in that conversation. I mean, they're putting up crazy offensive numbers um, and winning games too. Um, and I'm not saying the other the other two aren't, but it, it's it's crazy what they're doing. And um, it's night in and night out where you know they're thirty plus points, forty you know or more, and just kind of taking turns doing it. Uh, it's impressive. Here is uh, Kevin Durant um, just uh, talking about his relationship um, with uh, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is one of those guys that he kind of, he being Kevin, took under his wing and, and, uh, um, and you know, just kind of really brought him in when, when Cam, you know, first got there. That there there to Brooklyn, um, and uh, uh, talked about you know uh, him guarding him a couple of times and and you know what that was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime I can score Cam and talk shit to him, man, <laughs> we've been doing that. To, we've been doing that since I know him. <laughs> Uh, obviously that was the end of his presser. We'll have more, uh, of, uh, Kevin, but it was there. I believe that the, the moment that they, they played there was of, uh, there was a moment Kevin Durant, um, got fouled. And, and I think it was that one by, by Cam Thomas and, and, and one. And he, Kevin, he just, and that was, I think it was in the third. And he just stared at the crowd for a little bit and then put his, uh, I, I guess it would be his left, uh, his left thumb and pointer finger and, you know, held it up almost as if to, to make the too small, you know, you know, where you hold your fingers too close, real, real close. And it's like, oh, you're a little itty bitty. Um, and it, you, his mouth uh uttered the words many <laughs> and uh just uh my mom was actually sitting what w- the game she's like what what's what's the big big deal ab- about that and i said well you know a lot of times when you, even whether it's fair or unfair 
Um, you have a, a matchup. I said, you know, Devin Booker has done it before. We'll have a bigger man on him or whatever, and he just shoots over him, and it doesn't matter. And he'll come down the court and put his hand, his uh, hand flat out, uh, palm to the ground, and just kind of pushed it, like pushing the air down and basically saying he's too small. And I just had to describe to my mom what that, what that was. And, and um, you know, even Kevin Durant, to uh, someone he says he views as his brother, he's going to go up to him and boom, utter the words many. Just he's just too small and can't guard him. Um, it was a it was a fun moment. Um, and uh, more on Kevin Durant on the um, on the fans there in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was good to see everybody, man. It was a fun night. Um, they, they beat us bad at our, well, not bad, but they beat us at our place last time, so we focused on that. Um, we got three guys with over 20 points, six and double figures. That's the type of ball we want to play. So I'm excited about the W. Curious. Uh, I mean, I know you talked about the tribute video. They feel like you deserve one, but they gave you one anyway. Yeah. How are you feeling about, about seeing that? It is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I can't control what other people feel and think and do. Um, that, that wasn't going to stop me from just doing my job, regardless of how I was on it. But um, it's classy people here. They appreciate everybody who, put, who donned the jersey. I don't care for, for attending. Um, and that shows a great organization. You can appreciate everybody who stepped foot and put their blood, sweat, and tears into your organization. So I respect that. Curious, you had the ball up high and they were trying to double and you and Nurkish rekindled that connection. How, how good did it feel to get other guys involved and, and taking advantage of the way they were defending you? Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it all season and a lot of teams are nervous for me to get a post up or ISO sometimes. So we got to take advantage of putting two on the basketball and making a simple play. I still think we turned it over too much. I feel like we could have had, I had three, two battles in the fourth. Um, but I feel like we get under 10 turnovers, and it's been an even bigger game for us. The only other follow I had was um, there were points in the game where you would score and, and sort of, you know, be engaged, involved with the crowd. How much were you sort of feeding into into that in certain moments tonight? I mean, this crowd, no, you talk, you talk to me, I'll talk back. I mean, I'm pretty much every crowd in the NBA know that, you know. I pick and choose when I speak back, but... You can get it. You can get a little conversation out of me. I think that helps the player fan relationship anyway. So um, it's always fun. I mean, they they get a kick out of it. It's something they're gonna always remember, and it's, it gets me hyped too in the game as well. If I hit a shot, I talk to that shit on the way back, you know. So I feel like this crowd understands me more, especially in Brooklyn, understands me more than probably any crowd in the league. You know that's interesting. He says that, and, and I'm you know clearly wrong about what I I said to uh, a coworker of mine actually uh, yesterday. Going in, you know, getting it going for work, and and uh, you know, I was we were talking about the same thing everybody else is talking about the tribute video, and you know what his fan reaction would be, or what the not his fan reaction, the fan reaction would be. And he just said right there that you know he he felt uh, pretty connected to the fan base, and, and I well just blatantly said yesterday, and uh, you know I'm, I'm I got to ring the the ring the incantation bells. I I, I felt like that um, he was much more 
connected with with Oklahoma City than he was with any other fan base if he was connected at all. And that, that's kind of what I said yesterday or something like that. And I know it's not, um, you know, on record here and, and set for me saying it right here now that that's what I said. So you just have to take it. Not, you know, I was wrong. He said, you know, um, we just have no choice but to but to believe him. I always felt like Kevin Durant wasn't one of those really high-connected uh, players, and that was the topic of conversation. You know, a lot of the former Suns uh, players that have visited o- over this season and last season have had a pretty great reception. Um, and the topic of being, hey, what will Kevin Durant have? And it wasn't his fault for, you know, what happened there and didn't happen there and the disconnect between, you know, players and coaches and all that junk. Um, at least not completely. A lot of that was Irving and, and, and Harden, really, in my opinion. And I think anybody else would say the same. But he, having said that, I still didn't feel like Kevin Durant had a great relationship with her fans, but he said he did. And so I thought that was very interesting that, that he would say that. Um... Here is Kevin Durant on his mindset, you know, going into uh, last night's game. As you got out there, you're going back and forth, you're seeing the, friendly, the familiar faces. Was there any added emotion? No, I do this everywhere. I do this everywhere. Uh, talk to the crowd, um, stay engaged in the game. I mean, I, I, I play like this everywhere. Uh, so it's just regular business, but... You know, you see familiar faces on the front row, some of the season ticket holders that I got to know when I was here, some of the fans that I got to know in the stands, uh, you know, the ushers as well. I mean, so it was, it was, it brought back a lot of memories and, you know, when you, you kind of reminisce a bit, you get distracted. So I try my hardest not to reminisce so much, but I love a lot of people here. When you do reminisce about being here for the time you were here, what do you think about? Uh, just the work we put in every day through the adversity, through the noise. Um, the relationships being built with my teammates and coaching staff. We had a lot of different coaches and players come through here and they all understood what we were trying to fight for. And so that, that made us tighter and closer as a group. And just New York City in general, I just absolutely love living here. Um, I hated it before coming in as a visitor, but once you move here, you just you build your love for the city and you understand the city even more. So. I had a great time here. I mean, it's short, but three or four years is a long time in real time. But you know, as far as an NBA career, that's short. But I had a lot of good moments in those four years. Uh, business as usual. And, you know, you wouldn't expect anything uh, less. Uh, I, I, a lot of that conversation uh, comes... Uh, you know, as far as the crowd is going to be a part of this, here's just a little bit more, um, you know, as far as success, whether it be individually, um, all-stars, just, just the whole whole nine. Here's um, more of uh, um, from Kevin Rant on, on some of the similar topics we've already talked about. Success in your other stop, Oklahoma and the Warriors, and this one was so choppy for all kinds of reasons that were mostly out of your control. So, do you look at 
your tenure here differently than maybe the other stops, or how do you how do you assess the relative success or lack thereof? Like, what does it mean to you? I mean, I like to look at success as like the individuals. What you do as an individual, and you can bring that as a team. As an individual, I mean, I was all star every year. I was leading vote getter every year in all star games. Sold a lot of jerseys, 50, 40, 90, like average 30. Like, all NBA, I mean, was that successful? Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? But team success is a different thing. But you like to put the team, the team how the team does, you like to put that on you know, one of the best players and call it a failure. But look at the work. If you want to talk about me individually, you just look at the work that I put in here. I think I've grown as a player. I think I've... Uh, I was on my way to, I'm on my way to mastering the game. I think I, I, you know, it was, you know, coming here helped me, you know, push me far closer to that. So that's what I try to take from my time here. And that that's fair and very, very valid. And, you know, we're, we're all guilty of doing that saying, oh, okay, the team stunk. So that means you stunk. No, I mean, he was pretty good and probably far one of the, the better players and seemed to be a lot more available than the other two, really. Um, and, uh, just, uh, you know, what he said was true, you know, all stars and a lot of it's popularity vote, but you get it, you know, Jersey sales, popularity vote, but, uh, you know, his personal, um, stats were, uh, you can't argue with at all. Uh, more on that same talk topic of, you know, playing in, in Brooklyn, but, um, you know, just his thoughts of, what you know they could have done different. That's context for why we was a failure, right? Well, but I, that's why I said it's choppy. Like, it's sad. No, but do you do you think about that? Like, no. what could have been at all? No, I mean that's just a pointless exercise, in my opinion, to think about what could have been. I mean, what happened? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I thought about. What actually happened? The reality of it. Um, we didn't have enough time together. Let's just see. Guys wanted to go their separate ways. We tried our hardest to, you know, salvage everything, bring everything together. We had three or four different teams when I, since I, you know, it's the first, you know, when I signed here until when I left. Um, but at the end of the day, it, I enjoyed coming to work, playing for, you know, being a part of this community and playing and representing Brooklyn. You know, regardless of what went on and what said or how I felt, I still came to work. And to that point, how do you, now that you are halfway through with this group this year and you've gotten some extended time with those guys, sort of how do you feel about where things sit right now and what you guys are trying to do and sort of where you are in the process of coming together? Yeah, I mean, we were like three, we were just floating from like two to three or the 500, two to three games under 500 and 500 for the most of the year. I mean, we look up with 28 20 with a good opportunity to be 10 games over 500 our next two games on the road. So we're going home at 50 game mark. Hopefully we can be 30 and 20. I like where we are. And it's a grind throughout the whole season, especially with a new group, new, new couple staff, new team. Um, guys in and out the lineup, you got to build some continuity. And I think we're on our way to that. Yeah, the Suns have an opportunity to really capitalize on this um, on this road trip. They have a Atlanta tomorrow, and then they are uh, in the nation's capital before they come home. Um, and that would that would be huge. Um, obviously the stat of Kevin Durant playing 17 games with this big three versus his big three in Brooklyn 
by one is is pretty impressive. And again, a lot of it uh, out of control. A lot of guys out. He was out for a little bit. Kyrie's out for a lot of bit. Um, you know, James is out for a good. You know, it's crazy in a couple of years or whatever his time there with those guys. It, you know, only sixteen games, pretty crazy. Um, let's see. Uh, more on the crowd, but uh, um, comparing it to uh, you know other places he's been as as it pertains to the crowd. Fan, you were giving that to her. That was, I mean, it's just nah. I mean, some, I, I locked eyes with somebody, I don't know who he was, but you know, I love when the fans get excited. And here in Brooklyn, from playing here, regardless of who does it, a, a good play, home or away, they're going they gonna, to they gonna cheer and appreciate that. So, uh, I had a great time. Okay. I know that your mom attends a lot of games, but what did it mean to have her sitting courtside for this one? Yeah, she always. <laughs> Since uh, that OKC game, she's like, if I go back to a team you play for, I got to be there. And, yeah, it's good to have that family knowing that we coming in lock, locked in like that. All of us, I had, I had 10, 12 people here that's just been supporting me my whole career. And regardless, I got that, you know, regardless of what happened, I know they got my back. So you know, my mom's been there, obviously, from the first, from day one. But when she, she got a light going on in her life, too. So for her to, you know, come up here and... Support as much as he can. Uh, it's always fun. He's uh, very, very close with his mom, um, and uh, uh, I thought that was pretty cool that uh, he is able to uh, have her there. And and she's, you know, sounds like she's not gonna not gonna miss any, especially when he comes back to a new new city. It's uh, I guess she. It's like she knows that he's gonna go off, and I think he has just about every time. Um, uh, Kevin Durant and his relationship with uh, Jock Vaughn, uh, the head coach of the uh, Nit, uh, Nits, of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you and him have some history. Whether it was him, whether it was anyone else in the Nets organization, was there anyone that you were able to step aside for a minute and say hello to? Maybe somebody you haven't seen in a while? Yeah, everybody. Everybody. People you probably don't know. Like support staff as well. It's, we built a great bond here. Man, they appreciated how I came to work and vice versa, and they respected my grind. You know, it was, you know, I got every day, like I said, regardless of how I felt, even through the rehab process, regardless of how I felt, how moody I was, I still came to work and did as hard as I can and listened and was coachable. And that's all you could do as a pro, and that just gives you respect. And you One of the things that Coach was saying, uh, Coach Vaughn, before the game, he said that in the world of negativity, that it was a positive uh, having him. You know, having being your coach, said he learned, got a better coach, became a better coach because of him. How's that feel knowing that a guy that was just kind of getting his chance yeah. uh, grew, grew from grew from coaching you? Yeah, he uh, he impacted me tremendously in our few months as him as head coach. Um, how he moved as a coach, uh, how he how he communicated with us, uh, is something that uh, I'm gonna take with me for the rest of my career. Um, just the level of confidence he had in everybody, uh, top to bottom, every day. Like he, he wasn't inconsistent with his voice or his energy. It was every day. And being around the league for so long, Jock has, you know, he knows how to get to people. So I was, I was blown away, honestly, by how he approached that and how he took over the team and how.
able to turn things around when we were here last year, and it just my respect just went through the roof for him. So I'm always rooting for Coach Bond, and I'm always going to remember our time as a player coach. Very cool. Um, and uh, you kind of hope that uh, guy like Coach Vaughn it has uh, some sustained success, especially you know coming into the situation he did with the egos he had, and then dealing with everything, and then um, you know, and then you know, pretty much. Uh, this the same group of players that ran Steve Nash off, and you know you're like, oh man, am I gonna get run off? And uh, I think that's that's really cool. Uh, this is the last one. Um, just uh, the legacy question, and and as it pertains to the Brooklyn Lynettes. Figure out what it is on your own. It's your own experience when you come watch us play. I'm not here to sway anybody's experience or you know, uh, manipulate how they think or feel about the game. Like, whatever you take from it, you take from it. It's on me to just go out there and do me. Cam Thomas has spoken about you guys, you know, grew close during your time here. He's obviously gotten, finally gotten an extended opportunity here. Just what has it been like to see him, you know, grow in the league and then now get an opportunity to have a rotation role consistently? Yeah, just super excited for him. You know, we... He's a student of the game, and I think that's what people don't understand about Cam. It's like he on his phone and on the plane watching film, like watching other players, trying to figure out the best ways for him to um, be aggressive and approach the game. Like he's watching basketball, playing a video game all day, playing basketball. I mean, he's obsessed with the game, and I think that's what uh, attracted one another, us to one another, and you know, just that. We kept that locker room talk just everywhere. Like we were ball players, regardless of who else was around us, we were talking about ball. Like me, him, Kai. Like, it was a, it was a, it was an incredible environment for just guys who want to learn and, and, and be great at the game of basketball. And Cam was just easily fit in as soon as he got here. You know, he's only going to get better. He was 22, 23 years old, and you know, around the league, it's already you know, on the scout report that he's one of the hardest people to guard in the league. So he keeps it up. He can, and the sky's the limit for him. Kevin, kind of to that point, you're obviously close with a lot of people still in this organization and on this team. You've played them twice now. Just what do you kind of make of them as they're sort of in this transition? What have you seen from them? Play yeah, them? just a versatile group that's going to figure it out. I mean, I think they got all the tools and uh, the pieces to be a, a playoff contender team that can make some noise and damn it. I still think, I mean, I know their record don't look as, as great as it should. And we said before the game, they are way better than what their record shows. So there's some games that slipped from them, you know, in the last few weeks, but they got the talent in this room to turn things around pretty quick. And I'm always following them and watching to see what they're doing. And um, I know Coach Ron's gonna have them ready to down at the you know, last stretch of the season. All right, there you go. That's everything. Uh, um you know, player coach wise, as far as the Suns, um, we'll move into um, so a couple of things I have from Arizona Sports. One is is uh, the um, obviously the conversation of uh, lately been the fourth quarter and and you know how they can get that fixed and what they need to do and you know they played a couple games and then had some bad ones and bad losses and you felt like the fourth quarter was over with and then they play last night and and it was you know another solid game and so 
Um, it's like, you know, the st- season starts out and it's like, man, this is not the team we're promised. And then they have like all the, these big comeback behind wins for the last couple of weeks. And you're like, okay, maybe it is. And then they lose a couple and you're like, oh, maybe it's not. So we're, you know, uh, now, now we're kind of making our way back the other way. And, uh, that's kind of, you know, what Dan invents and their thoughts on it. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. You know my rule, 10 games over 500, and you have my attention. 10 games over 500, and you are making a declaration. 10 games over 500, and you have become a serious sports team not to be trifled with. And with that in mind, the Suns will be 10 games over 500 if they finish off their road trip with expected wins over the Hawks and the Wizards. They'll be 30 and 20, and if that happens with the big three still intact, they will be 13 and 6 since the big three got back together. A winning percentage slowly creeping towards elite. And more importantly, a basketball team that is slowly creeping closer and closer to our hearts. Now, not that long ago, even diehard Suns fans were grumbling on record as saying they didn't even like watching this team play basketball, even when they were winning. But that is changing, and it's because Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have been alternating transcendent performances and because this team is slowly looking trustworthy. A team not only capable of holding their own in the Western Conference, but a team that can handle our expectations and our desires. And maybe it won't be that long before the Valley starts to swoon once again, which is truly my hope because we all saw the mixed reaction Brooklyn gave KD last night. And the hope is that when Durant returns to Phoenix, many years down the road it will be all heroes welcome and zero contempt all right today's bickley blast brought to you by my great friends at chapman bmw who make luxury attainable find them online at chapmanbmw.com it's a whole new experience i mean you know i I learned the game more i found myself more as a basketball player out here so i can bring that to the team you know, everybody's been through a lot of things in our locker room in this league, switching teams, you know, injuries, all that stuff. So we're bringing all that together, and we're trying to use that experience and that knowledge to make a better, make us a better team. And, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about where we're going. That was Kevin Durant following last night's Suns win in Brooklyn. He was on the court with Cassidy Hubberth of uh, ABC <clears throat> slash ESPN. Mm-hmm. And she preceded that question by, by pointing it out, that last night was the 17th game that the Suns version of the big three, KD, Booker, and and Beal had played together, Mm -hmm. which outweighed the 16 games Kevin Durant was able to play with James Harden and Kyrie Irving as the big three in Brooklyn. It's unbelievable. Uh, Which is, it's amazing to think about it. And it, it more so really shines a light on just how weird that situation was and how frustrating it must have been for everybody involved. Yeah, uh, because we're still at the the infancy of this big three in and Phoenix. And there's already been frustrations with availability. There has and can been. Can you imagine 16 over how many plus years? <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, listen, and, and here's the thing, too, because you could make an argument that Kevin Durant is the most talented player to ever wear a Brooklyn uniform. But what did that get him? 
You saw the reaction last night. Mm-hmm. There was there was a respectful applause at the beginning. Then there was a lot of booing every time he touched the ball. And then as Kevin Durant started racking up points and made shots, uh, there really wasn't much anything. There was a lot of shh, yeah. uh, which is what KD says he likes. Now, by contrast, you can make an argument that Kevin Durant is the most talented player to ever wear a Suns uniform. Mm-hmm. What will that bring Phoenix? That's the question. Well, that's where the ending needs to change. Yep. And and Kevin Durant talking about legacy and all of those things. It, it could have been anywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's in Phoenix. And he basically chose his way to Phoenix, orchestrating that trade almost a year ago from Brooklyn. But I think most people around the NBA, if you want to have this this real-time talk on legacy, which is not my favorite thing to do, but people would look at Kevin Durant and say, what does he need to do to legitim- to completely legitimize his career? Which sounds stupid to say. He's one of the best players ever. But to win a championship outside of Golden State uh, without a, a team that was ready-made mm-hmm. to win a championship, that could be the result here. And I think if that happens here, he'll put to rest a great deal of that criticism that he got for jumping to Golden State. Listen, I think the redemptive powers if Kevin Durant delivers a championship to Phoenix because Kevin Durant has kind of become the guy. Now, Devin Booker obviously has had has had those that sizzling stretch of basketball. And 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 it's that's not to say he he won't do that again. But but this this season, more than anything, has been a a sort of a reawakening to to the greatness of Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. because Suns fans didn't quite see it last year during the playoffs. You're kind of seeing it now. So I, I, I I definitely think that this is a, a distinct possibility for Gade, KD. And, and, you know, what I said earlier about KD's take on legacy, I, I love his take on it. He he basically says, look, as a basketball player, I put out on the court what I put out on. It's up to you to interpret what it means to you. And I love that. I'm going I'm to draw a musical example here. Do you remember the song by Filter, Hey Man, Nice Shot? Yes. Of course you do. That song came out. People thought, oh, my goodness, they're trolling Kurt Cobain. Can you believe they are singing about Kurt Cobain killing himself? And there was all this incredible mystique and 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 controversy about it. And the 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 band caved and basically said, "Oh no, 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 no! This isn't about Kurt Cobain. It's about this politician who put a gun in his the, mouth at a press conference from Pennsylvania. Was it R. Bud Dwyer? Was that that might have been it? That might have been it. And and and." And by doing that, the band absolved all whatever responsibility or heat they were feeling, but then nobody cared about it anymore. The danger was gone. The allure was gone. Smart songwriters will tell you, never tell people what you're writing about. Let them interpret it the way they they want to interpret it. And this is what KD is saying about legacy. Interpret what you want. But what I also would love KD to get here in Phoenix is I would love to get him a fan base that loves him. As we said earlier, Oklahoma City, he gave him eight years, I want to say, maybe seven. Am I wrong about that? It was a good chunk of time, wasn't it? It might have been even a it might have been a full decade. Really? Okay. Was it nine, Sarah? Nine years? But confirming, le- I believe it was nine. But leaving them right when they were there. Yeah. And then going to Golden State, and Golden State certainly respected him, but things got wonky there, and people in Golden State didn't want to say, didn't want to acknowledge, hey, we were nothing before you, KD. And then the Brooklyn thing is what it is. It's not KD's fault per se. Like I said, the dysfunction, if people need to be reminded what happened, as Vinny said, 16 games for Kyrie Irving, (laughs) James Harden, and Kevin Durant together, right? Yeah. 
And then James Harden asks out. Kyrie Irving wouldn't get vaccinated, couldn't play home games, right? Linked to an anti-Semitic film and never apologized. Steve Nash got fired. It was pure chaos. They rolled out those city edition uniforms <laughs> that they wore last night. They bring in Ben Simmons in ben to save Simmons. the team. By the way, Ben Simmons' uh, triumphant return to the court oh, lasted one un- game. It well, is unbelievable. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, that's the only thing that would have made last night better for me is if KD would have cooked Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons would have guarded KD had he played last night. Certainly a lot of it. So I'm thinking, yeah. Although he played you a game before, coward. he, he would have been on a minutes restriction and <laughs> probably for about somewhere. two or three minutes. So, yeah. And as you pointed out, as frustrating as this season has been for the Suns right. in the big three, right. they have already played That's more right. games together somehow. That's right. That's right. A- and, and they've got a stretch going from December 29th, which means they've got a full month under the belt. Can they get a second month and then a third? And if so, what's it going to look like? Thanks for watching. Yeah, that's a big deal, and you you know, you, like I said, my main main thing is those guys getting going, which they have been. You get over five hundred on this trip, two winnable games tonight, and then uh, Sunday uh, in um, in our nation's capital, and then you have the All Star break shortly after. So uh, that would be good. Um, and another guy to, that you would like to have come back that has just been an absolute. Home run is Grayson Allen. One thing that has undeniably, unquestionably, without debate, been a grand slam for the organization. Uh huh. And that is their acquisition of Grayson Allen. It is. That is, I mean, huh? it's just, it, and I think it gets lost sometimes because this team and this season hasn't been everything we wanted it to be. And we tend to focus, you know, as you would expect sometimes, on the negative and why it's not everything we want it to be. And we got to give credit to one of our faves out there, Doug Howler of The Athletic, um, very good writer, one of the best, um, who covers Arizona sports uh, in totality for TheAthletic.com. He wrote a story about Grayson Allen, and it's just a reminder of think about where your thoughts were about, I'm not talking about you specifically, but just in general, where your thoughts were on Grace and Ellen when they acquired him to where they are now. That's a hell of a transformation, isn't it? No, they made the trade. Lillard goes to Milwaukee, part of a three-team deal with Drew Holiday. DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, and and a Milwaukee unprotected first, and pick swaps to the Blazers. Phoenix gets Nurkic, Grace and Allen, Naz Little, and Keon Johnson. We weren't thinking much about Grayson Allen at the time. We really weren't. But you look at that trade now, and, man, like you can seriously make the argument that Grayson Allen has been the better player than Nurkic. Now, you need a center, and I think Nurkic has been good. But Grayson Allen has been more valuable to them with what they need. So when you traded Aiton and Tamani Kamara and you got back Nurkic, you weren't thinking much about Grayson Allen. He had the reputation as a dirty player, tripping guys and things like that. But he's been pretty good on that Milwaukee team where so much focus and attention was put on Giannis mm-hmm. that he actually played really well in showing that I can knock down open threes if given the opportunity. He was very good there. He's having his best season right yeah, now. Yeah, Kevin Durant, uh, this was from the postgame show about a week ago, a week and a half ago, talking about Grayson Allen's play. Man, he's just getting confidence every single day. I think, you know, when coaches and your teammates empower you to be who you are, you can go out there and play freely, and that's what he's been doing, and he's been huge for us all season. Yeah, no, he's been, look, he has been the best player in the deal. I mean, it's it's 
sorry, Yusef Nurkic, Grayson Allen's been the best player in the deal. Because I, I, as much as I like some of the things that Yusef Nurkic brings to the table, there are some games where Nurk is not on the floor in the closing moments of the fourth oh, because quarter. Because he's a minus 10 and everybody else is a plus. And they're like, we got to get him off the court because he's slow and he's yep. oh, he's a good player. Like, he's, he's a good he's player. A good player. And he's he, been relatively healthy all year, which is a good thing. But who would have thought? That Grayson Allen, nobody. That, that Grayson Allen not only would evolve into the player that he's been for them, but achieve this status where here we are a week and a day away from the trade deadline, and nobody wants to move him. No. It's not even a discussion. It's like, yeah, no, we're not moving him. Not trading him. Not happening. It, it's, it's, he's here. He's, in fact, if anything, the last time we talked about Grayson Allen, we talked about them possibly signing him to an extension. Yeah, they'd like to. They'd like to because it was talked that they would trade him, and I squashed that, and I said they're not going to trade Grayson Allen. In fact, don't be surprised if he continues to play well, if they keep him and re-sign him, even though the, it's a tax, 4.25% of everything you're over by, that they would pay just pay that tax and keep him. Look, I said this to you the other day, and I think we got to be honest you know, with ourselves, with the Suns team. I think there should be a level of trust with the organization with Matt Ishbia and James Jones and Josh Bartlestein and the guy and what they're doing. There should be a level of trust. They fired Monty Williams and proved to be the right decision, right? Proved to be the right decision. Look what Monty's doing in Detroit. That that worked out really well for them. They made the Aiton trade and got Nurkic and Grayson Allen. That ended up being a really good trade. They got rid of Chris Paul and they got Bradley Beal in here. That was a good trade. You can look at the moves that were made by this organization and you can say, you know what? There should be a level of trust with what they've done because a lot of the big moves they've made, firing Monty, trading DeAndre, trading Chris Paul, those trades, you can you can absolutely say that those those have worked out. Do you think that lack of trust exists? I know. I don't know. Do, do you, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I think people I are. I. You know. I mean. I don't get that sense. I mean, that's just me. Uh, I. I. But I. I don't get the sense that there's. That there's. I, I think people are unhappy that the team hasn't performed to the level that everybody thought they were going to perform to. But I mean, Matt Ishbia. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. He's not even a year into his ownership of the team, is he? And no, he, just he, about a year, he, right? Yeah, but he took over at the trade deadline a year ago, which was last year. Yeah, February. the first move was the Kevin Durant I, trade, I, I, which I, a lot of people now look at and say, even you know, for, for those of us who didn't like it, people look at the Kevin Durant trade. It's okay, that's a win for Phoenix. I'm not getting the sense that there are a whole lot of people who are dissatisfied with the overall effort of what they're doing. You know, I, I don't I don't get that sense. Um, I think it, th- that maybe comes from uh, not trusting that they'll be able to make the moves necessary at the trade deadline well, there's only so much or the buyout market the to get there's, them over the hump here. There's so much they can do. They're so limited there. I, I, I think, if anything, the dissatisfaction just stems from the lack of time the big three have spent together and kind of the nervousness that everybody has about whether they're – that in the fourth quarters. But but I, I, don't, I don't I'm not getting this this vibe of people or, you know don't trust the Suns or think they're going to make the mistake or think they're going to make the wrong choice or things like that. I But, but I – I haven't yeah, got Kevin that Durant worked out. Monty worked out. Trading uh, Chris Paul for Beal worked out, and then obviously the Aiton for Nurkic trade has worked out. Like a lot of the big moves they made have worked out I'll for them. I'll tell you what, I, I I'm so enamored with how Grayson Allen has played so far. Yeah, I, I when we talk about wanting the Suns to take more three pointers, I'm talking about Grayson Allen. You want him to take more? Yeah, he, he's taking the third most on 
the team, which seems like a lot. It does. That is a lot. He's taking five and a half three-point shots per game, which is a lot. But if you look at overall shots per game, he's sixth on the team. I think Grayson Allen should be shooting more than the sixth highest guy on the Phoenix Suns. There's five guys that shoot more than him. There are five guys who, on average— Who's the fourth guy? Nurkic. Nurkic, okay. Nurkic, Gordon— I'm going in reverse order. Nurkic, Gordon, Beal, Durant, Booker in terms of field goal attempts per game. Grayson Allen, more. More. I agree. He should shoot more. I, I His shots are, yeah, he's a great three-point shooter. And he's consistent. Like, he was great last year as a three-point shooter. He's great this year as a three-point shooter. Thanks for watching Burns and... A home run indeed. My goodness. I, you know, I something that I would never really ever say. And uh, that you know it was it was big, um, and uh, his replacement last night um, didn't uh, didn't play bad. Um, st- still, I, there's still some shots I feel like uh, Grayson Allen would have made that uh, Eric Gordon didn't. But Eric Gordon's double clutch, you know, <laughs> uh, three pointer that was just like a circus act looked pretty darn good. Um, but anyway, that is, that's the show. I, um, that's everything I got. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, um, a lot of sons of late, but you know, when, like I said, um, yotes aren't, uh, doing their thing and, um, they're on a break and then, uh, ASU been stinking it up. They, they do play. ASU does play tonight. And I hope to uh, catch it, but um, you know when the Suns are playing the way they're playing um, most nights, you know, and then then you know seven games in nine days, you're going to have a lot of content. So there's that. Um, thank you guys for joining me as always. I appreciate it. I hope you uh, you know like uh, what I did at the beginning there, um, but. Uh, um, something I was I was thinking about, and you know, I'm like, sure, you know, might as well uh, add a little bit more to this thing. So I did. But uh, you can always let me know how you feel, whether you liked it or didn't. Uh, Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com. That's Big Sky Sports Talk at gmail.com. And then uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and uh, Facebook at Big Sky Sports Talk. You type that in the search bar. Um, you can include the at or not, and it will uh, come up, but uh, it's easier with the at if you want to. That's at Big Sky Sports Talk. And then uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, um, and YouTube Music, a, a great way to listen to the show. Um, maybe you have a, a preferred platform. Um, if you do, we're probably there um, just about everywhere. Um, and uh, don't forget to like, comment, uh, share, post, retweet. Well, I'm not on Twitter. Um, repost, uh, follow, do all that stuff. Hit the bell notification on the um, listening platforms, so that way you're you're not uh, left in the dark on that. Tell your family, your friends, your neighbors, your enemies about the show, and help get the word out. And I certainly appreciate it. Um, we'll, uh, hopefully talk soon. Go Suns and go ASU. Thanks.